I feel the answer to these problems as a humanity is returning and remembering the sacredness of ourselves and the sacredness of this life and the sacredness of all of nature. Welcome to the Dr. Espen podcast, where we explore the latest in quantum science, personal development, consciousness and spirituality, health, as well as business and money mastery. Join me as I interview experts from all over the world, sharing the most incredible stories of transformation. This is where we provide you with the exact tools and coaching activities you need to expand your consciousness in each of the eight areas of your life. For more info on our events, programs, coaching, etc., go to drspen.com for the full quantum experience. Welcome, welcome everybody to the Dr. Espen podcast. I'm Espen and today I have the privilege of interviewing one of my personal mentors, an incredible person who I've been blessed to be guided by now for many years. And today we're going to talk about how to make our lives sacred. We're going to talk about how to reconnect to spirit, how do we live a sacred life, and also understanding the, the true essence of how we can imbue what is referred to as the beauty way, into our lives in general. I'm privileged to interview Samat today. She's a New Earth visionary, ceremonial leader, holistic spiritual guide, shamanic healer, oracle, musician, and many, many other things. I would say for me, Samat has been one of the most influential people in my life, teaching me the sacredness of things, um, teaching me things to remain humble, and teaching me the ways of the sacred ways of the land, the sacred sacraments, and understanding how to live a beautiful, conscious, and spiritual life. So I want to say special welcome, Samar. Thank you so much for joining us. How are you today? Thank you so much for having me. I'm really well, really happy and excited to be here with you. Thank it's you. It's so... introduction. Oh, it's my pleasure. It's my pleasure. I love hearing the sounds in the background. I know you live on beautiful, sacred land, and you know, you're know you one of the most integral people that I've met. And by integrity, I mean the people that practice what they preach. And having known you now for some years and learned from you and been able to imbue your wisdom and parts of the lineage and the traditions that you represent into my life has made my life incredible. So this will be quite a spiritual conversation. It'll be a conversation where I ask a lot of questions of Samat in terms of, and by the way, to give you some context, Samat has, is not new to this game. How long have you been practicing now, would you say, as a shamanistic healer, new earth visionary. How long have you been on this path for? It's been about 30 years now, 30 years of deep study and deep devotion and sharing with others for about 15 years now. Isn't that special? Three decades of experience. So I trust that for those of you watching and listening, take notes, feel, use your intuition, open up your heart, and please feel free to listen to this interview again and then take notes as to how to apply some of these principles. I think it's, it's really quite special. So I'm going to jump straight in there, Samar. Straight off the cuff, how do we reconnect to spirit? Well, it's first about recognizing that we are ourselves spirit. And it's starting with that question, who am I? and understanding and connecting to that greater force of the universe that when we when we slow down and we stop and we listen and we pay attention to what's surrounding us and every moment 
we can feel this vibrancy, this frequency of life, this energy that's moving through all of nature, it's moving through us. So it's starting with that basic presence of the recognition of the living spirit that is within us and all around us. So I always love to remind people and share with people about their own sacredness, that it all starts from within. To really recognize and live a sacred life, it's really recognizing and honoring ourselves as sacred beings and having that honoring and that reverence. Sometimes that can be a journey, but just in simple explanations of that, this light can go on, the switch can go on, and then we can perceive things in a different way and really see it as a matter of fact. Just really embracing the fact that because we are alive, <laughs> because our heart beats, because we breathe, so often even that simple recognition, just stopping and going, wow, my breath is given to me by this greater force. Wow, my heart beats and pumps blood through my body without me even trying or controlling everything or doing anything. So this is this simple recognition and honoring is connecting us to this very fact that there is this higher force, this presence of love and of spirit that is literally in every moment giving us life. So when we stop to, to think about the simple things that we usually never stop to think about, but we just take the time to stop, to look around and to marvel internally and externally at what's happening in every moment, we can start to recognize the sacredness of life, the beauty, the, the life force that's teeming within and all around all the time. That's a start. <laughs> I can go into the depths of all of that, but that's a good start. <laughs> uh, that's absolutely beautiful. Tell us about the beauty way. What is the definition? What does the beauty way, living the beauty way mean to you? Well, it's following on to what I just shared. I mean, the beauty way, we say the beauty way is really the path of the heart. It's really coming from as I just shared, slowing down, stopping, connecting into our breath, being aware of our heartbeat, being present, being present to what is around us in every moment. And when we can stop and see really what's in front of us right now without any filters that the this judging mind that we all carry, we've all unfortunately inherited it, even though it's not really an aspect of our true nature. So when we slow down, we connect to our breath, we connect to more stillness, more silence, then we recognize this, what I like to call the benevolent spirit, or this presence, the, however you want to call it, I call it the benevolent spirit, or the energy of the universe or the energetic life force, that which brings life to everything. And 
according to many, many different traditions, the origin of that or the essence of that, the essence of life itself, of spirit, is love. There is a loving presence. There is a benevolent force. And so it's taking that moment to recognize it and see it, that it is within us and it is in all of nature. So the beauty way is recognizing our true nature, that we come from creation, that we are an aspect of the creator spirit. We are part of nature. We are part of the earth. And so the beauty way is seeing that through the heart, seeing that through feeling the love within us that connects to that benevolent presence. It's one and the same. It's internal and it's external. So the beauty way is recognizing the beauty of that love in everything and in everyone, that that is the core essence of creation itself, and that is the core essence of who we are. So starting to awaken to that truth, to this truth. It's very beautiful. And I know, you know, even if you look at quantum physics, science has supported this now. Science has supported this now for over 100 years. So this is no longer an esoteric or arbitrary conversation. This is a really highly applicable conversation as to understanding the fundamental laws of nature, understanding the truth and, and the essence of who we are. And then my next question is, once we know this, Samad, we know who we are, we believe that we are, how do we begin to walk that path? What are some of the things that you see when you know your clients come to you for the you know the sacred life program and the things that you teach people how to live in alignment with this because it's not enough knowing it because a lot of people know it but they're still living toxic harmful life self-destructive lives in many ways unhappy lives you know unfulfilled lives in so many ways what are some of the things that you've seen when clients have come to you when they realize who they are and they want to actually live with more love and beauty and grace well what would be some of the things that you see and some of the steps to take? Well, the first step, like I said, is really claiming our goodness, really claiming our participation that we want to live in alignment with that divine presence, with that benevolent spirit, and claiming ourselves as, yes, I am that. I come from that. That is my true nature. That is my birthright. So each person having that conviction inside of themselves. It doesn't matter if we have still bad habits or negative thoughts or we feel not good enough or we still have unworthiness programs or self-love issues or relationship issues, regardless of what issues or problems or self-limiting beliefs, regardless of all of that, we just make that decision because I breathe, because my heart beats, because I'm an earthling on planet Earth, I'm going to claim that I'm on the side of good. I know I'm a good person. And when we look around, we see that this is indeed the truth. And so that's really the first step. So deciding to participate and align ourselves with the spirit of that benevolent force. So it's just, it's having that devotion inside. And then from there, there it can go into many, many different directions, but it's really taking an honest look at all the different aspects of our life in a practical sense, the way that we can apply it, is starting to pay attention to that wish to align ourselves to our true nature. Aligning ourselves to our true nature means aligning ourselves to nature. 
So this is a great reference point as well, that we look around and we see how does nature move? How does nature work? So returning back to that inquisitiveness, curiosity, starting again to pay attention to how nature works. And we know that we are nature now. Like you said, we know we're energy, which I say is like the essence of the fire. We know that we are 75, 80% water. We know that we breathe in the breath of life force. I've just learned in the Aboriginal language, we learn this together. Know the word for breath, spirit, and air is all the same word. So we're connected to the air, we're connected to spirit, we're connected to our breath. And we live in this physical body. So it's about bringing it all together, honoring all aspects that we are. We are living this life as a multidimensional beings, but here on planet Earth. So it's the honoring of nature and ourselves as nature. So there's specific rituals, practices, very simple. It's what I share and what I like to teach is very, very simple because I find that the human mind has already made things really complex. So Mm -hmm. coming back to our true nature is there's a real simplicity in that. So yeah, I like myself to keep it simple. (laughs) So basically to answer your question, I can go into specifics, but it's really about having a look at what we're doing, what we're exposing ourselves to, everything that we're engaging in, the people that we're around, our activities, who yeah, who we spend time with, what do we do? What do we bring into our consciousness? What are we eating? What are we drinking? What are our hobbies? How do we spend our time? How are we actually living? And taking a good, honest look at that and seeing and feeling and sensing with our awareness, with our intelligence, is it aligned with that which we would we feel inherently and know inherently in ourselves? Is that aligned with the divine intelligence or or yeah. nature itself or the natural world? Is it supporting us to our to return to our true nature that has an aspect of natural evolution and growth or not? We all know somewhere. And it's not a matter of that it's right or wrong or morality or this is good or that's bad. And if I do this, I'm wrong and I'm going to be punished. And if I do this, I'm going to be praised. It's really about looking and what makes us feel like we're vibrating in that in that natural current, in that natural current of love. And naturally, when we are, we feel good, we feel expanded, we feel inspired, we feel motivated. Or even when we feel sad or we don't feel those things, we still feel a sense of peace of being connected to ourselves. Beautiful. I think that's very tangible what you're sharing here. Again, I'm just noticing that you're going back to the same principles of really knowing, having the awareness, really making the decision, and then looking at the things in life. I loved how you you brought this up. I mean, every person could just write down the most common habits that you have and write down if they're life destructive or life supportive, if they're, you know, true to the essence of, you know, not necessarily just the beauty way but to the essence of what you want to experience and live in life and in alignment with the essence of who you are. So that could be a really great exercise for the listeners and viewers to go back and do. And to give you some context, I do this every year. Mm -hmm. 
You know, every single year I sit down and I look at my habits and I ask the question, is this habit, is this pattern, is this standard? Because it is a standard because I've got it in my life and so I must be accepting it. Is this standard something in my life that I wish to continue to have? Is it serving me? Is it really bringing forth and through the spirit in me and the beauty and the truth and the love in me? Or is it not? And if you write down that it is not, and you could just think right now, of I'm sure many people out there, two, three habits quickly like that, that aren't serving you, then perhaps something like Samat's work or other people's work could assist you in this process of really getting rid of that or purifying that. And I know you're really big on living a really clean, pure lifestyle. And this is what I honor so much about you because you are that, you live that, and you've been doing that for you know decades now. So when someone does look at their habits and they realize that, okay, I'm having alcohol or I'm doing this stressful thing or I'm in a toxic relationship and they've made the decision, what would you say would be the steps after that? I know for you, you've had a lot of experience with ancient ceremonies, indigenous traditional teachings from around the world and that type of of spiritually infused work what would you say would be the steps that people out there going, okay, good, I get it, I, I'm going to change, I'm ready. But what are some of the things that you found to be most useful uh, as tools, strategies, pathways to take, etc.? Well, again, it comes from, I'm going to answer it similar to your last question, really coming to a strong place of conviction inside of oneself. And then from there, Ideally, it can be effortless. This is ideal because when we align ourselves to our true nature and to the truth of nature, the way that a tree grows or the way that a flower opens, it's just something that's natural. So we have, when we come back to what we know is really good for us, we want it to be effortless and we get into an effortless flow. Although sometimes in the beginning, it really does take a little bit of discipline or sometimes a lot of discipline and we have to then really activate our internal strength. But what I love to share with people is, well, just when you were talking, I was thinking about sitting with one of my elders, a really powerful woman from Ecuador. And it was a time when the Amazon was burning and we could, we could just feel, I mean, anyway, things have intensified on the planet. We all know this. We can all feel it. There's an intensification. We can all feel this this quickening or this sense of like, okay, we know a change needs to be made. What can I do? And this is coming back to the inherent goodness of each person that given the opportunity, everyone wants to help. Everyone wants to do something. So I asked this elder, okay, the Amazon is burning. There's all kinds, we're in a plight as a humanity. What can we actually practically do? that's going to make a change. What can we do? And my ears were all open because I really wanted the answer. And she said, the most important thing we can do at this point in time is take care of our health. Mm. It's honor our bodies, which is our whole system. Our body means our physical body, our emotional body, our mental body, our spiritual body. It's all one. So taking care of our health is the number one important thing that we can do in service to our planet. So it's understanding that when we love ourselves, when we take care of ourselves, and when we manage to be victorious over these 
kind of sabotaging patterns, none of which are our fault. That's also a really important thing to understand is sometimes we know what we need to do, but we struggle to actually find the strength to do it or this kind of, we think it's a self-sabotaging mechanism, but it's more like the collective force is really against our empowerment. So not only are we fighting against our patterns, but we have a lot of odds against us at this point in time. So once we make, again, it's making that decision, just choosing where we're sitting. I am participating, and this is where I can maybe also share about what a lot of the elders have said about coming into the new earth, but making this decision like, I'm participating in that. I'm participating in a better world, in a world that makes sense. How can I participate in that? By taking care of my health. Mm. So knowing what is, we know what makes us feel good in our bodies, what doesn't. And then, of course, there's a lot of different support, different modalities, different healing modalities, different kinds of professionals. There's a lot of support out there. So to recognize when we want to make a change, to seek the support that's going to help us make that change. And I like to also talk to people about when they have issues about feeling not good enough or unworthy or these kinds of things that they can devote or dedicate their healing or their willingness to look after their health for the next generation. So for the children, if they know, oh, I myself am part of the earth, I myself am water. So if I want to see a healthy planet, if I'm environmental and I want to see the earth being healed and restored and I want to see all the waters of of planet Earth flowing clean and all the pollution to be tidied up, the first place to start is within myself, that my own waters are pure, that my own body is strong, that my own body is healthy. If we knew that each one of us, our vibration, is actually affecting the health of the Earth, then this can give each one of us a lot of incentive because we're devoting it to a, a greater, higher purpose. So we do it for ourselves and we do it for, for the collective because we we are all really one. We all share this one earth. We all breathe the same air on this planet. We all drink the same water on this planet. So it's really understanding on a really, again, really simple way that we're all connected. We're all joined. We're all related. Um, beautiful. And I often speak to parents, you know, for me as a father, I know you're a mother as well. You know, our children don't always do what we say, but they certainly become like we are. So if we can take the next step to strengthen and the why, the reason why we do it, why would we live a clean life? Why would we purify ourselves? Well, it is, of course, to experience beautiful, vibrant health and not get sick and, you know, have the spirit trapped in your body, but rather be, you know, youthful and vital as you age and go through life. It is also to have an impact on the planet because, as you said, when we treat ourselves with kindness and respect and love and we live a clean life, that has an impact globally. And so I think this is powerful. And then adding on top of that, you know, do it for your children. Do it because the people around you are watching. And so when you do it, you respect yourself. And when you respect yourself and you care for yourself, they will pick up those patterns which will significantly improve their lives. So that could be another little kind of added a reason why on top. Um, so Matt, I'm, I'm really excited to ask you this next question. 
I know you've studied this for many decades now and you live it, as I said. I would like you to talk to our viewers and listeners now about indigenous prophecies. These have been prophecies around for as long as mankind has been alive. And having had the chance to study some of these, I understand what is going on. I believe I do. And I can certainly see patterns, cycles, seasons, and things happening. Can you tell us what has the role of indigenous or how has the role of indigenous uh, prophecies uh, played a role in your life and in your evolution? Well, I feel that they act as a reference point of hope for all of us on planet Earth right now. We only have to open our eyes and look around and see the suffering that is prevalent on our planet. And because we're all good human beings that care, it can be a bit overwhelming at times. And we can all feel a little bit like, okay, what can we do? What's going on? What's happening here on planet Earth? Why is it like this? And there's a kind of helplessness that I feel we can all relate to at times. And these prophecies, I feel like they've come in and they're coming in stronger into people's awareness at this time. And they correlate with each other. That's what I find really interesting. I've been shown my own visions for many, many years. And then there's a correlation between prophecies, stories from many different cultures. There's the Condor Eagle prophecy. There's the Whirling Rainbow prophecy. There's the prophecy of the seven fires. There's the stories of Shambhala. And there's the the new way dreaming of these lands. And they all correlate with each other. And they also touch what I feel to be the deepest prayer that we all carry in our hearts of living in a world that actually makes sense to us. And which is coming back to really the very essentials of our birthright that we live here on planet Earth. There should be clean water for all people living on planet Earth. There should be enough food for all people living on planet Earth. There shouldn't be poverty. There shouldn't be famine. There shouldn't be war. All of this is a reflection of the imbalance and the disconnection and the amnesia that has been imposed on us as a humanity that has caused us to forget our sacredness. And this comes back to how we started this conversation. So I feel the answer to these problems as a humanity is returning and remembering the sacredness of ourselves and the sacredness of this life and the sacredness of all of nature. So the the prophecies speak of this, of coming into a time when we reawaken to our true nature, when we reawaken to the truth of who we are, and we live in a world that makes sense. That one master said, when asked, how are we going to change as a humanity? Like, what's the answer to all all of humanity's problems and sufferings? And he said, when humankind becomes kind man. So simply like this, when when we find this balance, and again, I'm going to reiterate, and I can't say this enough, when we all look inside and recognize ourselves as divine beings, when we look inside and recognize ourselves as part of nature, as the as this benevolent spirit. And the Buddhists speak of it as well. They call it the bodhicitta seed, the bodhicitta nature. And when we all awaken to that seed of goodness that's placed in our heart, 
And there's, I've just been thinking about it recently. There's many different prayers also in different cultures, like the Lakota and Sahoma Takyoya Sinus, honoring all of our relations, honoring the fact that we're all related, we're all joined, we're all connected. And this isn't only on planet Earth, this is all beings in all dimensions, in all planes, in all universes. Nice. And then there's the Sanskrit, Lokasamasta Sukhino Bhavantu, may all beings in all worlds be happy, or the Buddhist Tibetan On Mani Padmion, happiness to all beings. So there's prayers in different cultures that speak this one heart prayer for all beings to be happy, to be peaceful. So this this prayer is being spoken. So why is this prayer there in the first place? It must be there because it's here to be realized. So for all of us, again, when I say that we all must claim this, so can we all claim it here and now and say, okay, I'm going to hold this prayer, even though it might seem impossible. We turn on the TV or we look out the window and we're like, oh, there's no way. How can all beings be at peace? But for each one of us to hold that hope and know that there's these prophecies, that there's these ancient ones, there's, there's incredible beings coming to the planet, there's incredible children being born on the planet now, there's elders, there's ancient ancestors, there's shamans, there's chiefs, there's grandmothers, there's powerful beings, there's powerful people on the planet right now all holding this flame for humanity, and this is for all of humanity. So we can all participate in this. It doesn't matter if we have brown skin or it doesn't matter the color of skin we have. The fact that we all, our blood is all red. So the beauty way is also connected to the red road, the red path, the path of life, the path that we honor as human beings. We all have red blood. We all drink the same water. We all breathe the same air. So we all have a place. We can all claim our place in that. I love it when you get fired up. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's the only way. We have to claim this at this point in time. <laughs> so, and it's really, it's going to take it. And you can feel I get fired up because this is my prayer with all my heart and soul. This is my prayer, and, and I know in the core of all of us, this is all of our prayer. Hmm. Because we only need to see how much, yeah, again, how much we care. Like, I've lived through, up here in the forest, I've lived through fires now. I've lived through the floods of the northern rivers. The amount of love and care and people coming in and wanting to rescue me and rescue me by helicopter and hike food in and just people need and want the chance to love each other and look after each other and care for each other. This is our inherent nature. Let's dream big. Let's make it a big dream. Let's use that goodness that we have and make it a big dream for a beautiful world to restore this incredible planet that we live on. Ah, aho. And, you know, this is why I've been so privileged to sit in so many uh, gatherings with you when we sat in, you know, silent meditation on top of a mountain for three days and we've prayed and we've cried and and we've we've offered this prayer up and, and so many hours I've elevated your prayer as well because I truly do believe that this is the way, this is the only way. You know, studying the cycles of nature, we are now uh, deep into what's called the sixth mass extinction. If we continue on the same trajectory, we're going extinct. But then you mentioned something very powerful, 
that is not going to happen. We have seen it, we know it, we carve the path and we become it. And as you mentioned, the indigenous prophecies of lands and cultures from around the world are saying the same thing. There's no way that those cultures would have met according to so-called history anyway, and would have known exactly the same thing. Some of these prophecies are from, you know, as you know, tribes deep in the jungle that have not connected with people on the other side of the earth to say at the very, at the very uh, most. So this is exciting to see that these prophecies speak of the same thing. They speak of what's going on and, and the, the path that is before us and the, the role that we can play. So with that in mind, what would you say, you know, we're not forecasting the future, but if you were to give us some summary of what are the prophecies saying is coming in or what is going on right now? I mean, this is a tough question, but honestly, what is your intuition and 30 years of living this path? What have you found? Well, I feel like we've entered uh, a point of no return, um, but we're still, we can say what I'm feeling is we're in this process of purification. What is unnatural in the human species or purifying the impurities, all of the things that aren't in alignment with our divine nature, with our true nature. And it's a big it's a big purification process that we're in. So we're in this collectively and we're also in this individually so that there are things we can individually do to support that process. And also it's just happening by, from what I understand, the electromagnetic shift of the earth or yeah. the movements in the galaxy. This is just happening by its own accord. It's, it's part of a greater universal plan that's beyond my understanding, if I'm totally honest, but I fully trust in it. But I can go back to, I mentioned the prophecy of the seven fires. So it tells the story of all the different fires and goes through also the destruction of all of the indigenous cultures. And in the destruction of this indigenous culture was the disconnection or the cutting, not only for indigenous, we're, we're all indigenous because we all come from planet Earth. So this is what, what we're in the process of reconnecting, reawakening, remembering. So I say remember, to remember, to become a member again, meaning to belong again, to find our belonging on Mother Earth, our place on Mother Earth. So the prophecy of the seven fires speaks of this process. It speaks of the destruction and the the cutting, the severing of the connection that we that humans have had to at one point in time there was an understanding of the interdependence and and relatedness of all of humans to each other and also to nature. So that's been severed. And we've moved into a place of enslavement. So now we're in that process of healing that, of purifying that and coming into our empowerment. And so each one of us can maybe feel this sense of like, okay, we can feel where we're still disempowered and where we're coming into our empowerment. For me, empowerment means having that trust and that faith and that hope and that deep that deep knowing to, to the sacredness of what I've been speaking about, that loving presence, that benevolent spirit. So in the prophecies of the seven fires, it speaks of this reconnection, the remembering after the severing. There's a process of then 
from the disconnection, the reconnection, from the amnesia to the reawakening, from the forgetting to the remembering, and for each one of us feeling that sense of belonging, which then will heal all of these, these deep feelings of separation that we've been having, which has kind of kept us floating in this void, not the positive Buddhist <laughs> void, as they speak, Sogchen, but in this kind of like place of desolation or loneliness or disconnection. So we're in that process right now of each person reclaiming themselves. And so the prophecy of the seven fires speaks also about the returning of the elder, the returning of the wise ones, the returning of the ones that carry the ancient wisdom, that carries the ancient knowledge, and the returning of the elder will support us as we come into the lighting of the eighth fire. And I'm getting all goosebumps now. Mm. The lighting of the eighth fire is actually when we're it when we're starting into the new age. So we're just in the precipice of that now. So the returning of the elder, the understanding of who we are, the remembrance of who we are the reawakening of who we are as this divine loving presence, as this benevolent spirit, as this spark of nature, as this incredible aspect of creation itself, each individual. I love to see lots of people together. I mean, I'm always marveling at how unique and individual each person is. When I get together with groups of people and hear people express themselves and talk, you you just never see or hear two people that are alike. And it yeah. just blows me away, the diversity of people. So each person really honoring their own uniqueness, the sacredness. And yeah, it's learning how to live in right relation with Mother Earth, how to live in right relation with all of nature. And I feel like that's that's happening now. There's a movement to that step by step, slowly, slowly. And when we say step by step, step by step. Mm. And they, a lot of them say, one of my teachers said in the maths of efficacy, it's only going to take the square root of 1% of the population of the earth to really understand and awaken to our true nature. And that will be enough light to illuminate and for everyone to catch on to this to this truth of how and what and who we are. Oh, yeah. Talk of goosebumps slash truth bumps. <laughs> Absolutely beautiful. And on that note, I know you have a program, and this is one of the very few ways people can actually reach you and actually learn from you. So I'm really interested, Samart, and this is something that I have been really awaiting myself for quite a while after having had the privilege of learning from you in many ways over so many years now. And it's a program that you've put together and it's about making your life a living ceremony. It's called The Sacred Life. It's a seven-week course and you do this online. And I'm really excited to share this because this will actually, now you're not as hard to get to and actually people from all over the world could enjoy the learning of you know how to live in alignment with themselves as a divine being and so on and so forth. So Firstly, about the program, The Sacred Life, why did you make it and what's in it? How does it work? Yeah, well, it's been very beautiful to be able to share with people in this way. 
And it has many different aspects in it, but basically it's about shifting our focus. It's all about paying attention to all of the things that I've just spoken about, to this, to this divine presence, to really support people into making it their focus to understanding that there is a benevolent spirit within them and all around them that loves them, that loves us. And so I teach people and I share indigenous wisdom throughout. I set a few guidelines at the beginning insofar as the important things on like what I talked about before, making slight changes and shifts. So I have some guidelines about purification, simple things like drinking enough water, setting a good routine, taking care of our diet. So it really works on a holistic level. So it's approaching ourselves as physical beings, as spiritual beings, as mental beings, as emotional beings. And so I teach we go through different cycles. So I activate all of us into a particular element. So I'm using the, the power of the elemental forces as a way, as a modality to support people to broaden their awareness into understanding how the natural forces work. It's a very kind of basic introduction to some shamanic elements as well. Mm. And it's opening up that awareness of how, how is spirit weaving our lives? How are we being loved in every moment? How are we being guided? How are we being taken care of? How are we participating together with that movement of life? And so we go through different cycles. We go through, we start with the fire cycle. So exploring where we are connected to the fire, how we are fire, some of the creation stories about the fire, the some of the indigenous stories about what is the fire. We hear different explanations about who we are really. So when I ask the question, who am I? And why am I here? What am I doing here? So these are the kinds of explorations. What is the meaning of life? these kinds of things. What am I doing here? What is my purpose? What is my creativity? And so going through different explorations, different discoveries, definitely different practices, very, very simple practices, very, very simple rituals, just to continuously help us connect to that greater force. So I also open up the, this aspect of the law of reciprocity. This is something so beautiful that I've learned. I understand how it works. It's a natural law. It's a divine law, reciprocity. It's the flow and the movement. It's one of the great mysteries created by the great spirit in some of the creation stories. It's the movement of energy. So we have the great spirit and then from the great spirit, there's the movement and that creates a vibrancy and the thriving of all of life. So a lot of what I share in the practices and the rituals is based on this law of reciprocity. When we open up our, our awareness to acknowledge and honor the existence of something, the existence of a spirit or the existence of an energy, the existence of some kind of force. And all it takes is just simply that, the recognition of it. 
And in the recognition of it, we then receive something back. And this is the discovery, and this is opening up to the mystery and the magic, and all kinds of mysterious and magical things happen when we start to acknowledge a greater, higher presence that is working within us and all around us. So I introduce very simple ways of making offerings, of making prayers, of just bringing awareness. It's about paying attention, really. Mm. And they're very simple practices because I know we live in a very busy world. We have a lot of demands. We have families. We have children. We have work. We have mortgages to pay. We have meals to cook. So I myself am a mother. So we can connect to the spirit of the water in so many different ways throughout mm. Our daily lives, we can connect to the spirit of the fire in so many different ways. The earth is beneath our feet in every moment. <laughs> we breathe in air. So once when we have really the awareness of these simple things, which they're the simple things, but we haven't been taught about them in our cultures, we completely take them for granted. Right. When we stop taking them for granted and we start honoring them, our life becomes enriched in a really profound way. So we pool our energy and we go on this journey together that is basically about enhancing and enriching our lives in the most basic and simple ways. And that's, again, the reclamation of our birthright. And it's about bringing that presence and that sacredness and that honoring to our lives. And then that makes a beautiful life. And that's walking the beauty way and the way mm -hmm. of the way of the heart. I love this sentence. I remember reading on your website, sit at the altar of your life. Mm -hmm. I thought that was so beautiful. And that's, again, all of the, the teachings that I've infused into my life, including in some of my online programs, you know, how to pray to water and, say, and infuse the water with love and gratitude in the morning before you drink it, changes the molecular structure of the water, scientifically proven by Dr. Ramoto out of Japan. And we can go on and on and on. So there is so much scientific backing behind what you say. There is so much uh, truth intuitively from my end about what you share. And I just want to remind everybody, if you want to learn more, go to the website called The Sacred Life, thesacredlife.com.au, thesacredlife.com.au. Check out the website, connect with Samat if you have any questions. And you know, taking something from this interview, if it's been useful, please share it. Share it with as many people as you can. Your share of this interview to one person can, again, impact that entire family, every person that that uh, individual meets, as well as they continue to share it and live it, and it just keeps on going and going and going. So please, in this moment, if you felt connected to this, share it. If you want to learn more, go to thesacredlife.com.au. And I've got one last question for you, dear sister. Are you ready? Sure. All right. Imagine this, you're on the world stage and every living being has stopped, become fully present and they've tuned in to your message to the world. Take your time, take a breath, whatever you need and when you're ready, tell us, Amart, what is your message to the world right now? That you are a divine being of goodness, that you hold all the mysteries and that spark of creation within your own being, that you are here to make manifest 
the grace of the divine presence and that we are moving into a beautiful world. We are moving into a positive future step by step to never give up, to never lose hope, to just keep going, keep trusting, keep trusting in ourselves, keep loving ourselves, keep loving ourselves even if we're wrong, even if we make mistakes, have courage to honor what we feel, honor what we think, trust in our goodness, trust in the divine spirit that we are. Beautiful. My honor and I think, and I really am so grateful for you taking the time today and moreover, and not just sharing with our listeners and viewers, but also for what you've done for me in my life and, you know, helped me turn so many aspects of my own ego self into a more pure way of living, being, seeing, experiencing, giving and receiving. It has truly been life changing and absolutely transformational to say the very least. So I again thank you from the bottom of my heart for being who you are, for walking the path that you walk, and also for being here with us today and infusing that to the world. So listeners, viewers, share it, spread it wide. Let's get the word out there. Let's make this big difference. And remember that it starts with how we show up for ourselves again. So thank you again, Samar. Thank you so much for having me. Love you lots. Thanks again. Goodbye for now, everybody. Once again, thank you so much for listening. And if you want to learn more about how to walk the quantum path into life mastery, business mastery, uh, if you want to learn more about our live events or coaching or anything that we offer, go to www.drespen.com. That's D-R-E-S-P-E-N.com or email info at drespen.com. And let's find out how we can help you take your life, your business and your mission to a whole nother level. We'll see you next time.